partner. Again, this is going to be a great one. We have some um, young people here, I call them, uh, in our new program. And uh, it's been a while since we've we done a podcast with um, our PSA program. Uh, I know this is the first for them, but we have spoke about it in recruiting, bringing folks aboard. So I'm looking forward to this one. I am as well. I know as a recruiter and just being out in the community, we get a lot of questions about the vehicles. People may have seen some of our police service aides out there, one of our programs that Colonel Katz uh, implemented here to uh, supplement what patrol officers do, reduce the amount of time officers are responding to calls that don't necessarily need a police officer, but we still need to have that community engagement and provide that service. Exactly. I think this started down in Florida when he was there, and, uh, and it worked well, and I think our program is doing an excellent job, too. It is. Uh, but we got some new some, some folks we want to introduce. Yes, yes, and we're going to jump right into that, and let's start with... With Taylor, Mr. Mr. Taylor. Mr. Taylor. Right. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Tycom Taylor. I'm from Queens, New York, originally. I moved down here about three years ago to Henrico County, and then uh, I joined Chesterfield about six months ago. So, how, yeah. how did you find out about the job? Uh, I was looking for a program, like an auxiliary program, and I was like, well, I don't think we have that down here. And then I came across the program. I said, oh, you get paid, too. I, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't want the auxiliary anymore. <laughs> and then um, I applied. And the first time I applied, I got denied. I was uh, too young. I was 17. I was turning 18 in about a month. So I thought, oh, by the time I get in, I'll be 18. Got denied, but a couple months later, I applied again, got it, and that was it. So that, and that's okay. the stuff that we want to talk about when we get into and after we introduce the other folks. Because sometime in our jobs in law enforcement, you're going to be denied for whatever reason. But if you, you know, you, you still can come back and, uh, and uh, reapply and then uh, we, I spoke to be several successful. people and be successful. Right. So we're going to get back into I appreciate that. Tell us, Allison. All right. Let's go Mr. with Mr. Miller. Mr. Miller. Mr. Miller. So, yeah, we, and we'll get into how and when and where and why you wanted to follow the legacy of your, of your parents, I mean, of your father. And, that, and that's one thing that we wanted to talk about. Um, Lopez. My name is Jennifer Lopez. I was born and raised in Ohio. I moved here about 10 years ago. Lived, been here since in Chesterfield. I heard about this. I was in the criminal justice program in the Chesterfield Tech Center when I went to high school about the program. I also heard it from some friends at school about the program as well. Okay. So when you say you heard it from friends in school, mm-hmm. hold on to that because we want to advertise that. The one thing we do, Ellie and I do as recruiters, we like to take your voice, your, your experience, what you are doing, and, and put that into our schools or into this program to make it even larger. Um, because I think we're bringing in some great candidates yes. um, from doing this program. So, partner, we, let's get into it. So what our police service aid position is, for those in, who are listening who, who are not aware, it is a uh, program that supplements, like I said previously, what our police officers and law enforcement do here in Chesterfield County. The, the young people who do the job respond to police calls that don't necessarily need a police officer. It may be an accident or a crash in a private parking lot. It may be traffic control. Some forensics work is done. And a whole lot of other things that, um, that they do. We do right. They do a 10-week academy mm-hmm. um, where we train them on technology, cultural diversity, um, radio communications, driving and uh, defensive tactics and things like that to prepare them um, before they go into field training. Okay. So let's talk about the job. Yeah. Let, let's, let's walk through a 18-year-old. I think you've got to be at that age to be a mm-hmm. PSA. 
let's walk me through the process. Uh, we do it all the time with our recruits in, uh, in policing, going to be police officers. So walk me through the process for if you are a, you know, you go back to the tech center or you go back to New York and you telling people that here's what you have to do to be a police or to be a, a PSA, public service aide. Walk me through it. Uh, so first things first, you want to apply online. Um, I think that we have the, the QR code now, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So you do that, do the application. I think it was about a day or two. I got an email from personnel asking me to fill out a background packet. Now the background packet, I believe it had what, 30 something pages on it. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was tedious at first, but it's usually just the, the box checkbox questions. Okay. So those are a little bit easier. Um, just be truthful. That was that was the part that got me. So I was like, let me be truthful to this. Say that again. Just be truthful. Okay. Okay. Yeah, be honest. Um, after you submit that application in the background packet, I got an email from a background investigator, um, and she asked me to come in and do the interview. Okay. Yeah. So coming in and doing it after the interview, where we at from there? Like after the uh, your background detective contacts you. Right. Okay. Um, well, then you have to do your polygraph and your psych uh, evals and all that. You're saying that too easily. A polygraph. Is that scary? Uh, it was very nerve-wracking <laughs> at first because you're, you're basically answering the questions that were on the packet. Okay. Um, but you have to answer them to a person. That's basically, it's almost like a little interrogation type okay. thing. Okay. So they're monitoring everything that's going on with you, your body movement, your language, or are you shaking, are you having any nervous tics? Mm -hmm. Um is your voice shaking and all that? Uh, and that was very nervous for me because I didn't want my dad to find out what was, <laughs> what, what was truthful with my background. Uh, exactly. back it. Uh, so um, answering those questions were very nerve-wracking for me. But uh, like Ty said, you have to be truthful. Um, and that was really nerve-wracking for me because mm -hmm. then I have to go home and hope that I don't get in trouble with my dad if I answer <laughs> a question too truthfully. So, uh, but, yeah, that was basically it. Um, and then you have your psych interview again with uh, Dr. Moss. Okay, the department and, um, psychologist. And that him asking certain questions, it wasn't to um, – it's kind of just see where you're at mentally right. and see if you are prepared to do this job because it is very tedious doing this job Okay, um, and dealing with not super nice people but also dealing with really good people and how you're going to react with certain situations. Okay, so once, once you finish Moss – Ms. Lopez, what what are we what are we looking for after most? What do you what's that process after that? Well, for me, I remember it was just the waiting game. Okay. Just the waiting game of someone, I me mean, getting the call, if I got the job or not. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. the waiting call, the waiting game. Okay, so once point. once you finish the waiting game, you get the call. What's next? Next is I believe trying on the uniforms and getting it fitted. Oh, wow. To property and everything like that, yeah. So walk me through. We, we give you, we furnish you a uniform. What yeah. else? Pretty sure that's it, right? The Oh, yeah, the panel interview. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the panel, <laughs> the panel interview. We, there's multiple people, like supervision, that gives you, like, an official interview, you know, mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. basic job interview questions. Okay. That was very nerve-wracking, I remember. On the panel? Yeah, the panel interview. Everyone just watching you and just listening how you talk and everything. Okay. And what's your background? You submitted the background packet. You came in for the interview with the background detective. Once they started doing the uh, background investigation, 
Were any of you contacted by some of your references mm. that you actively knew that we were working on it? Or how did you? Yeah, so my previous job, um, I had asked my boss to do my reference packet, and then she got the letter in the mail, but it was kind of too late because there was a deadline. So uh, my background detective ended up emailing her a couple days before, like, hey, can you just let me know how he is? So it's really flexible when it comes to the references. Um, they give you some time to figure out. you got to do your neighbors, so mm-hmm. get to know your neighbors. Um, I didn't know my neighbors at all, so <laughs> I had to go, hey, nice to meet you. So can you actually went to their door and said, hey, I'm applying for this job. Yeah. I, I need this. It's a requirement. Yeah. And it actually like, made me step out of my comfort zone with them because mm-hmm. you usually just go sure. inside your house and, and yeah, go and go. I have house. a relationship with I, I'm, neighbors. I'm, I'm impressed with I had a job prior to becoming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yes. I had a job before. Did you have a job before? Miller? Uh, yeah, I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, it was nice to uh, have a reference there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that was like my only job reference because I didn't work. I, you know, I was 18 right. um, straight out of high school, and I got a job at Dick's Sporting Goods. So the only reference I really had was my boss at that job. Okay. How about you, Ms. Lopez? Yeah, um, I was, before this, I was a preschool and toddler teacher at a daycare. Okay. And then okay. before that, I worked at a retail store. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. so, so we all have some experience yeah. uh, in, the, in the job um, community. So that's, that's good. So that's Todd, good. one of the things you brought up early on was to be truthful mm-hmm. and the integrity of the process. Um, we, I know Daryl and I have worked in personnel in the department a long time, and truthfulness is vital. It is paramount here. Um, being untruthful in your background or as an employee is not acceptable. Um, what do you all think about the background itself? It's 30-some pages, 32, 34 pages. I know it could be overwhelming with all the stuff that we ask, and some of it doesn't apply because you're so young. Um, but what do you think about the integrity? Do you see that here as an employee um, that has followed, followed through since you applied? Yeah, I have. Um with the being truthful again, the integrity, um, I actually had a situation where they need, just needed me to be truthful in a situation, and okay. I told them everything that went on, and that's it. I, and it worked I out. Didn't, yeah, everything worked out. I didn't, you know, I didn't get reprimanded for it. I didn't get a tap on the top of the hand. You know, I just answered everything truthfully, yeah. and it all worked out. Right, and and, it's, and that that's one of the hardest things as a human to do, and to be honest. Because you, you're thinking that you're going to lose everything if you don't be honest. But it's the opposite, pretty much, that if you be honest, most likely the, the outcome is going to turn out pretty pretty good. And we have we know in law enforcement, we know and with other localities in this area, that Chesterfield is one of the hardest departments to get on. And we hear that all the time when we are recruiting from New York all the way down to Florida. So I commend you all for that. But the one thing that I like, what I want to hear um, from you all is... What do you do? I don't know what you all, I just see you standing or or driving behind a disabled vehicle or a accident waiting. Do you actually fill out the report for the accident or do you just exchange the information for the accident? Anybody? Yeah, we um, fill out, we call them code ones. That's basically an offense report. So we go through it. We take the same report an officer would take. Um, What, vandalisms, trash dumpings, Arsonies. Come on, Miller. Give me some more. Uh, burglaries. Um, we do a lot of Code 18s. That's forensic narratives. Okay. On um, 
uh, when we take pictures of certain things. So, again, with uh, usually when there's a burglary, there's a break-in, so there's damage. So you need to take uh, photos okay. so you get proof of the damages that were there. So uh, yesterday this actually happened. Um, someone's house was broken into, so I had to take pictures of the doors um, of where someone had kicked in and broken the doors and the door frame. And you have to photograph all that and measure it all out and uh, document it in your uh, forensics narrative. Um, we go to, for the accidents, like the question you asked about the information exchange, we do do that. We don't do the accident report. That's up to the officer to do. Okay, okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we do. A lot of traffic direction. I wouldn't call it all you do. So so, <laughs> so where are you getting this experience at? Are you, did y'all have to go through an academy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did go yeah. through academy. Okay, walk me, walk me through the academy. The academy was just a 10 weeks thing. Okay. We learned, it was just half of what the police academy is, but less, you know, less, um, how would I say it? Less. Less difficult. paramilitary. Yeah, less military. Okay, okay. But so we still did, you know, the pepper spray, the oh, wow. on the driving, yeah, the defense tactics. Yeah, okay. we learned that. So what, well. what, what equipment do you have when you're out doing your job? We only have the pepper spray Okay. Okay, okay. But because you're too young to be, to have firearms. Yes, correct. Okay. And then not law enforcement, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now, in the academy, I know we get a lot of questions leading up to the academy about how hard is it. Is it, you know, difficult? The paramilitary aspect of it is what really people expect because they go on YouTube, they see videos and stuff like that. And I teach part of the the, uh, PSA Academy, and I know what it is, but can you explain your experience in the academy? Uh, Yeah, so it's not... It's not like the police academy where they're uh, always telling you what to do. And uh, <laughs> basically, you don't have to always march in position. Sometimes um, when you kind of look at the PSA academy, you're like, oh, what are those random people? Why aren't they marching in step with each other like the uh, recruit class? And um, we basically we have all the same rules except for we don't do the physical conditioning. Um, that was a big thing. That was a difference um, between our class and or the Academy for PSAs and the Academy for Police Officers. Um, still show up at the same times, sort of. Um, and, yeah, I mean, do you guys have anything you want to put into it? No. Uh, we do a morning formation, so we go to the flags. Okay. Present arms. Um, our cl- The classroom was the classroom. <laughs> it was the most boring part of it, but it was the most informative. So oh, okay. you learn a lot in a classroom. Sometimes we would be in a classroom for four or five hours learning about one subject, but it's something that we needed to know. Right. That way we're, when we're out here in the street, we're comfortable with our job and how to do it. Um, uh, we had the culture and diversity class with you, and I think that was, a, that was the most interactive class we had, other than defensive driving and all of that. But. How, how many folks did you have in your academy? trying to remember i think for my academy we had seven i believe oh wow yeah okay. seven so that's, people. that's a good size that's a good size so so once you finish your classes um you do a fto program do you do you ride along with other officers or other uh, police service aides or what do you do well during the academy for our class at least we did have two weeks of driving with officers so we also had that officer experience with okay. fet with okay yeah okay yeah um, so the FTO process, it's two weeks with officers, one week with another, one week with another PSA FTO. Oh, okay. Um, and then 
one week with forensics. So it, they split it up however, whichever, depending on the size of your class. Um, as far as becoming a PSA FTO, it's just year on. Once you're a year on, the sergeant would either recommend you okay. for it or not. Um, but the FTO process was it was pretty smooth for me, I should say. Um, the officers are willing. They're really willing to help. They, any questions you have, they'll answer it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Now, I know with the PSA Academy, it is not physically grueling or psychologically stressful like the Recruit Academy, but you do have access to the Academy gym to work out for your, your, to maintain your physical fitness, right? Yeah, so uh, actually um, with my class, uh, most of the people, we had about four people, or well, we had six people in total in the class, but four of us wanted to be officers or at least be an officer somewhere. Right. So when they, they heard about that, um, <laughs> they uh, started being like, oh, okay, well, if you guys want to be an officer, well, then let's start kind of training you all. Not, like oh, the, not the psychological warfare right. to you, yeah. but um, the physically. Uh, so they would take us down to the gym. Most of the days we did have free time because we would get our work done, mm-hmm. like we were told to, and then we'd go down there. We have some free time to go work out. Um, they did like seeing us work out but they didn't want us just standing around. So they would go down there with us and kind of tell us what to do. Okay. Um, I remember towards the end of the academy, that's when we had a lot of the free time. So we would go down there and we'd work out for a while, just weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, not too much cardio, though. Right. Not, not many people want to do the cardio <laughs> part, but they did want to do uh, a lot of the weightlifting part. Okay, okay. Well, Ty, you said that your field training officers, your FTOs, um, were more than willing to answer questions. Has that been your overall experience? Are you accepted by patrol officers and supervision and not made to feel like, hey, you're part of the police department, but you're not part of us. Um, I know my experience has been, hey, I, I thought everybody likes uh, likes what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So the FTOs, like I said, they were a big help. Um, even officers now, like I'll pull up behind them on a traffic accident and they'll be like, let me know if you have any questions. Okay. And it's like an acceptance. Like they know that we're not officers, but they – they make sure they take care of us as far as the safety aspect of things. Good. Yeah. Good. And that's one, th- one thing that we have been doing since I started here in 88. Um, we're a family, and we, and we try to take care of one another and for us the safety, all, the safety of the officers and what we do. But I want to ask you all, if we move forward now to what you did in the past, do you, uh, other, I know, Miller, you have legacy in your family, your, your father. Ty, do you have legacy in um, law enforcement? Not really. Okay. Um, when I was seven, my uncle became an NYPD sergeant. He okay. was an officer for a couple of years before that. Um, that was the first setting of me being in a law enforcement, quote-unquote, family. Okay. So he was like, hey, you should become an officer. But at four years old, I, didn't want to be, I wanted to be police, so sure. Sure. that was already over that. Yep. Um, but then when I turned... I think it was 13 my aunt became a new york city police officer as well and she's still there and i have a cousin that she's a correction so okay so it's like it's legacy. it's building sure. it's building now Good for you yeah miss lopez no for me i don't have so any like first first generation first generation good for you mm-hmm. so so what you see now and what you have learned in the psa program are you still have that desire to serve i call it serve serving the community. Um, Miller, I'll start with you. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I actually got a situation where uh, it was a call that had been going on for a couple months, but we couldn't, I couldn't exactly get this uh, situation resolved. So community engagement 
uh, it's a, I don't know what you would call it, but it's kind of like specialty uh, for an officer. Mm -hmm. And they kind of go out and engage with the community, obviously. Um, and being able to interact with that officer uh, gave me a view of kind of what I want to do when I become an officer. Wow. Is uh, helping, you know, just serve the community and yeah. being there for people when they need us the most. And um, the situation was actually resolved because he went and engaged with uh, with the community, community with that basically, yeah. Awesome, awesome. That's good. So, yeah, to piggyback off of uh, Miller, my goal when I got at the academy was to um, meet the community, drive mm -hmm. around, meet the community, know my area, and by the time I get coming off, so I'll have a head start. Wow. That was that was the back thing that was on my mind 24-7. Okay. It was, it like was or it still is? It still is. Okay. It still is. Good. Um, I work the Fallen Creek area now, so I'm around a lot of minorities, so mm -hmm. getting to interact with them and where I came from in New York City, it's like a, a connection that got brought back together, so. Wow, yeah. wow, that's good. Ms. Lopez. Yeah, I mean, I love the, what I do, the passion of, you know, um, interacting with the community and everything, especially with the Hispanic community. Since I am bilingual, I am able to help the officers with translation, and so I'm able to go to more calls and help out with them. And that's what I really enjoy is helping out like my community community as well because I know a lot of them struggle with not speaking English and wow. you know struggle with that. Look at that! Look at them getting cheers with my arm, <laughs> listening to y'all, and I want to serve our community. So, so with that said, um, is it worth it? Yeah. If you would talk to young people today and, and do a presentation or, or go into a classroom, is it worth it going out and serving your community in this capacity as law enforcement? I believe it's worth it. You get that sense of like, I don't know how to explain it, but you have the sense of that you you did something to help someone. Yes. That just feels great inside of you, just helping people out. I think it's worth it, in my opinion. Okay. Now let me ask you, you all do a great job, but it's not all a rose of bed of roses. <laughs> You know, um, I know that the police department values what you do. I know that officers value what you do. But I would guess some of the negative would be sometimes the weather. Um, it's not like you get to come to work on sunny days, low humidity. Um, wearing those, you know, those vests that you wear hot dur during the summer. Um, what, what would you, if you had to tell someone who wanted this job, what do they need to be prepared for? You know, I, I know that while you may not be going on all the calls of service with the officers, you still hear them, and it takes a psychological toll. Um, well, one of the physical things is definitely being hydrated. Like you said, the vest is very hot. Um, today I'm wearing a jacket, and I have my undershirt, and it's, it's extremely hot. Um, just being prepared physically for the weather is a great thing, but psychologically, listening to the radio, it is a little bit overwhelming at first, especially when you have a very busy day. Mm -hmm. You know, there aren't, there aren't that many PSAs. There's, a, what is it, 22 of us, I believe? Yeah. And um, sometimes, we, we don't always work together on every single day, you know, so some of us work during the week. We have long week where it's six days during the week, you know, so today's our, luckily it's our short week. So we work uh, yesterday and we work today. And then last week, or I guess we can do next week, um, we're going to be working three days on, one day off, and then three days back on. You know, having that one day off is nice, but sometimes it is a little bit, uh, makes you tired sure. on your long weeks. And, you know, making it through a 10-hour shift is kind of, it's definitely takes some endurance. Okay. Um, and I know someone actually failed our FTO um, because she couldn't handle the radio right. with listening to it and catching 
when they're asking for her to go to a call and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Right. So the schedule is, explain that schedule to me of the days you work. Okay, so um, you on your long week, you start on Monday. Okay. So you work from Monday to Wednesday, and then you have that Thursday off, and then you work Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then you have Monday and Tuesday off of the next week. Okay. And then you work Wednesday, Thursday, and then you have three days off. Oh, okay. So that, that having that three days off is really your time to recover from everything. Um, and on our long weeks that Thursday, I use that to get all my laundry done and stuff for sure. the week that needs to be done. So, but you, so you, you work on the weekends now? Yes, mm-hmm. we do. Oh. Yes. So if you guys see us on the weekends, it's because... We got switched. Sure. We got switched about a month ago, I believe, Okay, mm-hmm. to that schedule. That. And you're not 24 hours? No, we are not 24 hours. So we have morning shift, which is 7 to 5, and then we have evening shift, which is 1 to 11 p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. All right, and, and we're going to be winding down shortly, but I do want to know about your family. How are they taking you in law enforcement? Uh, my mom was pretty scared when she found out that I wanted to be a cop still. Um, she thought it was just a little uh, kitty thing of me to be a cop. But <laughs> when I told her I was applying, she's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, because the climate now today in the past couple of years, it was like, oh, cops are the worst people in the world. Um, but I knew, I knew that wasn't true. I knew it's, it's a little bit of bad apples that make the, the bunch look spoiled. Right. But, um, yeah, she was pretty scared. Um, unfortunately, my dad passed away, mm-hmm. but he hated cops. Like, I'm totally honest, he hated cops. But he told me before he passed that he wanted me to be what I wanted to be. Change. So, yeah, good for you. That's yeah. good. That's excellent. That's excellent. Lopez? Well, my, my parents are okay with me being a police officer. They do have their doubts. Like, they are scared of every time I um, leave the house, they're always, be careful, please. Mm-hmm. But overall, they're... They're really, really proud of me, of me following my dreams. I always wanted to be a police officer, so everyone is proud of me that I'm following my dreams. But they are scared. They awesome. have some doubts and yeah. concerns. Okay, cool. Mr. Miller. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you would have asked me that question about two years ago, I would have told you that my mom would say absolutely not <laughs> and would not let me apply for the job. Um, but luckily the climate in Chesterfield is totally different than it is in other places. It's a lot safer um, luckily, we do have the support of the community, and that's been a very big thing that I've noticed um, just watching my dad do this job. And, um, yeah, when uh, I remember when I first talked about applying to be a police officer, my mom was still kind of skeptical about it because um, she didn't really know how the community was going to be. But um, I think that's the thing about this job is you have to take a leap of faith and hope that you can trust yourself in the training that you've got yep. and the uh, people around you. And luckily, I've been able to trust everyone. I don't feel dangerous going to work every day. Awesome. You know, I know I'm going to make it home, hopefully, by yeah. the end of the day. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of that doesn't change with age. Exactly. Because exactly. Yeah, Daryl's been in this over 30 years. I'm at 25 years. And our family's still like, oh, y'all be safe. Yeah. And when are you going to retire? Things are getting crazy. Well, I love what I do. Right. And if I'm still passionate about it and still got the fire to do it, I'm going to keep letting it burn. I yeah, mean, exactly. So exactly. You know, they, they will see stuff on television. Were you involved with that? And you need to take more time off or, and all this type of but, stuff. But so. you all have said the same thing about the community. Right. That's the most important thing. And the things that we hear are the support that we have no matter where you go. I mean, you can be at a, 
at a store buying your food or eating lunch, and next thing you know, you get up to the counter and someone has paid for your lunch um, because of the respect that you all, and we try, when we go back to that background, we go back to looking at your package, our investigators and our police department are so trusted in the, the, the community that if we do have that bad apple uh, in our community, our, our command staff, our chief will like that person is gone um, because we don't want to have that image that we are doing anything that we can control uh, and get that out of our department. So, a partner, I mean, this, this has been a great one. We got one more question that we normally ask at the end of each episode. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it's a stressful job. And it's a lot. You don't leave your stuff at work, regardless of how hard you try. What do you do outside of work for stress reduction or mm. to enjoy yourself? What's your go-to? Well, uh, <laughs> I actually start the police academy on May 30th. So um, for me, uh, it's just been working out a lot. That's oh, been oh, 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 time out. You, you, you're going into the academy? Yes. To be a police officer? Yes. Oh, great. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, Glad you passed the background. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been working out. Uh, I like to play video games. So sometimes time that's kind of a good stress reliever. And also oh, yeah. uh, reading. Picked up that hobby of reading. It's been a good stress reliever too. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, awesome. You know, it might yeah. seem more stressful, but I referee basketball at the high school level. So. Oh, you play basketball? I referee, referee. basketball. Referee. Yeah. Good for you. Yep. It's a little bit more stressful than this. but. Oh, yeah. No question. Ms. <laughs> <laughs> Lopez? For me, it's baking. That's my stress reliever is baking. Oh, you I'll, can bring that stress to work. <laughs> you I've, like. d- I've done before. I've done it before. I brought some. I love bringing treats to people. I love oh, wow. baking for people. I don't like eating what I make, so right. I love. Just to see the creation mm-hmm. of what you do. Good I love you. baking. Good for you. Well, good. We want to thank you all for yes. coming in today yes. and um, sharing. I know it's nerve wracking for most of the people who come on the podcast because uh, they're just not sure. They want a list of questions before we start, but it's just. Round real talk, table. round yeah, table, that, real talk conversation. That's all it is, and, and we appreciate it. Y'all have done an excellent job, and I thank you all for super, um, servicing our servicing our community. Um, that's one thing that we definitely want to get into more because I think this program is a pilot program to get into law enforcement. So if you have that um, desire to be in law enforcement and you're young and getting paid, you know, forty something thousand dollars a year, um, I think it's worth it. I think it it's worth it, and you get to actually see hands on what we're doing in law enforcement, and it's not that bad, you know, for us, what, what you see on the outside, but what you get in the inside is more important. Yes. Well, we want to wrap it up. We want to thank them for coming in, and we want to remind our listeners that if they're interested in employment as a police service aide with the Chesterfield County Police Department or as a police officer, they can simply go to joinccpd.org. That's joinccpd.org and apply and get started in the process. Oh, awesome. Um, great program. Thank, thank you, partner. I appreciate you, sir. you.